Well, hi there and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's great to have you back. Mike's here to join in. Uh, the tipping competition has started, the tips of competition. PGA Tour's starting, DP World Tour starts this week. So there's a bit to get through. Let's bring in Magic Mike. Mike, how are you? You well? How's your week in golf been? My week in golf has been pretty good. My week in work is really only just starting. It's only two days in, but I'm going to tennis with work this week, so that'll be nice. I haven't, oh, okay. I haven't been to tennis long. I'm not a big tennis person, mm. but going to the tennis, uh, I suppose, is a good thing. Oh, well, if you don't go to the tennis and you're in Melbourne, you're hard to be call yourself a Melbourneite at the moment. I think every everyone is um it's it's like it's like anything when there's a big event. You know, mm. people are jostling for tickets and you yep. know, there's a lot of corporate activity. Are you big corporate box type uh, sort of <laughs> event? Are you you know, did no. you did you have to negotiate, you know, I'll I'll provide the cheese but you have to provide some largess some no, tickets. No? no. No, we just bought tickets um today to uh one of the nights. Uh, have some customers coming in and uh they're from interstate so i, I actually said oh are you guys going to go to the tennis at all while you're here and they, they had had forgot it was on um so yeah, we're going to go I, I haven't done the corporate thing at the tennis in oh 10 years now when i was at coca-cola we used to get some very very good tickets row a um behind mm -hmm. the server shoulder um aao club dining uh back of house and um i think it was back when heineken heineken was sponsoring so it's big heineken beers at the back. Ah, oh, those are the days. Well, welcome to everyone. If you are tuning in from Melbourne, you absolutely know what we're talking about. We're talking about the Australian Open Tennis. Uh, yes, this still is the model of golf podcast, but we're talking about the Australian Open Tennis because it consumes the state, it consumes Melbourne, it takes over the city, uh, and which is a good thing because I get to see, uh, you know, get a good read on, on what these events do for uh, Melbourne. Much like when the golf and the President's Cup's in town, you know, the people come to Melbourne and you know, they come to for the tennis, but a lot of the tennis players are golfers. Tennis people are golfers, so they inevitably end up in a in a drum and golf store somewhere within the vicinity of the city where they're staying. Um, and it's always great to have a chat. And people come from all parts of the uh, the world, but also Australia. Um, we talked about the tickets there. I've only been to the tennis once. It's it's not my dice either. You know, like it was one of the sports, uh, one of the many sports that I tried my hand at in um, you know Cessnock, New South Wales days. wasn't a, wasn't a great. Um, choice of sport for me. I wasn't the most mobile um, athlete around a tennis court. Uh, we played this regular tournament, mixed doubles. Um, so yeah, it was obviously boy and girl versus boy and girl. And I think, you know, I, I wasn't very good with the girlfriend type scenario as a young man, but there might've been a girl that I fancied who I was playing in that sort of mixed doubles tennis thing. She may have already had a boyfriend, but uh, you know, it just got messy. Long and the short of it is she started serving the ball, not to get it over the net, but she started serving the ball at me a few times because it just got ordinary. So that was my only time oh, wow. playing tournament. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't end up well. Uh, she started serving the ball at me because she didn't like want to be on the same team as me and couldn't, had no choice. So she started pinging the ball at me. You were supposed to, and, and that was supposed to end with, and, and now that is long story short. That's Mrs. My Love of Golf, and Def now we've been happily married. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> so far away from any realm of possibility. Uh, yeah, that was small town um, 
love uh, tennis, tennis love matches, pinging the ball in the back of my head. I was probably trying to do my best, you know, at the time, Yvonne Lendl, you know, impersonation yep. or something. I was down Mats Verlander. Yeah, Mats Verlander, whoever the doubles. Vitus Gerolitis, was he a doubles player? Oh, no, nah, i got no idea. It's, uh, tennis is only slightly above cricket in my knowledge of the sport. It, <laughs> there's not a lot there. But I can say, I can say, talking about tickets and corporate largesse, I did knock back a opportunity to go to the tennis on Friday with the uh, Dunlop people. Uh, so yep. Dunlop is part of Dunlop Restriction, obviously um, Japan, one of Japan's big sporting global behemoths, very big in the tennis space, um, provide the balls and other bits and pieces for. So they have a big corporate thing there. A couple of the golf accounts get to go. I got invited, can't go. Second year in a row, I've had to knock it back, unfortunately. But I have been once before, and like you experienced, it was like row 1A on the corner. This is a, this is a Monty, I'm going to tee it up for you, and you're just going to give it back. If there was a tennis player and a match that I would want to go and see, who would I want to go and watch? I know what I was going to say. Right. It's, is it's it, so is it someone like Andy Murray or yeah, somebody course, like that? Of yeah. course. I it's thought you were going to say Anna Kornikova. That was a much better answer. No, but, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, Andy Murray. I went, it was yeah. the Andy Murray match against um, Medvedev. There was, uh, was a bit of friction there at the time too as well. Andy Andy Murray won today in a five-set thriller. Mate, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a great. I like Andy Murray. He gets... Um, he gets a bad rap in some quarters of the press because he's a little bit dour, and but uh, you know he's from a great part of Scotland, Dunblane, and uh, but uh, it's a beautiful part of the world where he's from. Great ambassador for Scotland and obviously world tennis, and uh, I love watching him. I love watching him fight away. He's, he's for thirty-five. He's so mobile and still um, he's still got a lot of game left. But uh, we'll see if, if Andy keeps coming. But um, I'll miss uh, I'll miss not going uh, this week. You know why I'm not going? Why well, I can't go? You playing golf? Yeah. It's a pro am. The two oh, yeah, the pro am. The 2023 pro am season kicks off with the uh, WPGA, the Women's PGA uh, Tour for 2023 kicks off. It's the continuation of their summer of golf. The uh, Latrobe Classic, the Melbourne Classic, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it's called, the WPGA Melbourne International. It's a two day event at uh, Latrobe. Latrobe bouncing back from being underwater for a good yeah. stretch of last year. It was one of the many courses around the Yarra River that got flooded. They got flooded a lot a couple of times. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how the courses bounce back. It looks pretty good. And uh, the women uh, down for that event. It's a great event. And uh, Drummer Golf are a big sponsor of the event. So there's three stores that are taking teams along. I'll be there, 7 o'clock. I've still got to find another player yet. So um, I hope they do have a team, but uh, I'll be there. Um, so looking forward to that. Yeah. Prime, That'd be good. Prime season kicks off. Uh, what, what else kicked off? Uh, Last week was, um, well, it hadn't kicked off. It was already second, the Sony Open. It was the second round of the PGA Tour. Um, Teepster kicked off. That's what kicked off last week. Teepster. Teepster did kick off, yeah. Oh, God, Teepster. This week. We talked about it last week. God, I really, really liked Tom Kim last week. Mm. And he missed the cut because I think he forgot how to putt. But I was right in when I said Jordan Spieth can't win. And I didn't like him at all. Last week, I did say that. And after round one, I'm absolutely shocked that I didn't get some listeners sending me messages because he was round one leader. And uh, I was very, very concerned um, to think that my boy, Tom Kim, was going to miss the cut and the bloke I said that couldn't win was going to win. But well, thankfully, they, they both let, they both didn't win. They both let you down, but didn't let you down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, poor, um, poor Jordan. What do you go? 60, 65.75 or 67.75 or something like that. It was, uh Yeah. He, look, and I know people were surprised about it, but I'm not not being funny. Yeah, he went 6475. The data, the data pointed to him not suiting there. And I know people have said that he he will win there, and you know he doesn't mind the course. And he came and said, you know, he hasn't been playing it, but not because he doesn't like the course. He just hasn't played it in a few. Doesn't hasn't fit his schedule. 
Um, but yeah, for me, the numbers just said no at the moment anyway. So um, I wasn't surprised to see him play poorly in the second round. Probably not that poorly, but then I was I was very surprised to see him play so well in round one. So um, they'd balance himself out. The course overall maintained its integrity in terms of you know resistance to scoring because yep. you know eighteen under. It's relative to I guess if you look at the course and not that's a fair judge of you know what a score is going to be, but if yep. you look at it, it just looks pretty basic. You know, not yep. a lot of trees, not heavily treed. Yeah, but the the strategic bunkering on the outside yeah. of corners uh, or, or long on the inside of corners really does um, catch the errant drive. And you really do, if you want to score well, uh, I watched a bit of David Lipsky, who mm-hmm. has been around a bit. He has played on a yep. number of tours and, you know, he's on this tour now and he, he was playing really well. And mm-hmm. he was just, golfer. he was absolutely striping it. And I just saw the difference between his shot shapes, you know, the top trace or the track man thing that they were using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you drove the ball well, you, you know, you gave yourself opportunities. But even yeah. the shots into the green, you know, there's a couple of par threes, that Redan par three where we've got the yeah. those killer bunkers on the outside of it and then the bunkers on the inside. So it looks pretty inane, but uh, it does set up pretty hard, that course. Yeah, I think you're right with the way that the green's set up. The greens are the most important piece. So when you're looking at something along the lines of hitting into a green that's got a lot of slope and, and the ball's pushing you away from the hole because that the pin's in some really good spot, it meant that you weren't getting close enough to be a gimme for a putt. And then in some cases, you're, you're not even a gimme to make two putts. So when you're doing that, it helps keep that scoring down. And you get a guy that's not, not putting well, yeah, they're, 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 they're absolutely no chance. doesn't matter how good you are with your irons. Are they like grainy greens, you know, like is that akin to us putting at Queensland and Queensland greens? Where- yeah, I think so. For Yeah, I think I feel like for me, my brain, when I think of the Hawaiian courses, one of the reasons why I lean to a lot of the guys from Asia is I feel like it's a similar style grass and, and temperament of the way you sort of look at to play them. I could be completely wrong. I've not played golf in Hawaii. But um, if I think about um, – the guys that tend to do well there get a lot of Aussies that play well in in Hawaii that we play in a, a very different sort of course, uh, and or in the northern states anyway. Um, and then yeah, I feel like the Asians play pretty well there as well. That that's the kind of grass in my brain is what it's like, uh, for sure. Um, Hideki was in that field, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Talking, he, talking uh, about talking about Paul Putting. Yeah, he. Um, oh look, he's. Um, He's a it, – it, Rocket and I have talked about it for a long time with these guys, and he's he's the key um, – he's a key – one of those key players that when he – his worst attribute when it's at its even just stock average, he plays extremely well. And when he's not, he's horrendous. Um, I don't know what his numbers were, but they weren't good. I mean, he's won, he won the Sony mm, last year. Yeah. Yeah, because when you were talking about – Players that suit that from different parts of the world, you know, Cam Smith yeah. is the most recent Aussie winner in 2019, um, and he won back then. So yeah, yeah. I mean, even the guys that sort of, um, Ben Am played well, pretty well this week. Siwoo Kim obviously won. Um, Badly was up there again this week, which is good to see. Um, you, you can always have a sprinkling of those guys early in the season that are coming over and playing in the weaker fields. So you always gonna have a little, little bit less of the top top tier guys, but. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it. I think it suits him. Hideki finished T forty eight. Um, he gained all of his shots with the tee to green, um, and he lost all of his shots in putting. 
and then a little bit of off the tee. So that's, a, that's kind of a standard Hideki week. So uh, it's good to see him playing, though, because he has been injured with his neck yeah. for a while on and off. So it'd um, be good to see him get back to, you know, at least getting the flat stick back to square. So it's not one of the, you know, the called out events on the PGA Tour um, roster anymore, in, mm. is it? It's not, hasn't... Nah, not a tier, uh, whatever they call them, yeah. the, the top tier event. No. So the next one, I think, is uh, maybe Tory Pines. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it throws up a few interesting names, you know, like I didn't know too much about, um, and I don't think many people knew about Hayden Buckley. Um, is he, did he, he was the player that had the funny, the, that real, the funny yeah, like yeah, real yeah. snap sort of. Um, swing, yeah, interesting move. Like, he obviously had it going, um, yeah, and obviously, see where he came with that chip in on the 17th, sort of really drove the you know, sealed up yeah. for him there, pretty much. But, um, it was yeah, some other names, was. yeah, Lipsky, who I like watching, and you know, yep. I don't know where I've watched him before, but I've definitely seen, seen oh, him before. You're right, he's been around, he sort of, um, David Lipsky's, I'm pretty sure he still plays out of Vegas, he's, he's good mates with, um. Uh, a couple other guys that live out of there and play out of Vegas. I can't remember the name top of my head now. But um, he's travelled around a lot. He's one of those guys that's played a little bit on the Euro Tour. He's played a little bit here, a little bit there, which I think is good. It's a good rounding for golfers to do. I think it's a good way to really um, be comfortable, uncom- being uncomfortable on these sorts of courses that you sort of don't see all the time because he's used to travelling. Um, but he is a good little golfer. He just hasn't been able to tie it together. But I feel like he's the sort of guy that plays really well on Hawaii and the West Coast. Yeah, he, he sort of will see him shine there. Um, but yeah, he he's a uh, he's he he is quite good to see towards the top. I agree. I like watching him play. He's good, great swing. Um, Kucha was up there. Now Kucha's won here before, hasn't he? Is uh, it, yes. Is this the home? Yes. Twenty nineteen. Is this the home of the famous steam shovel incident? Was that? Was that where he won? Is that? Was that Rocket's favourite? This is what this it might be. Rocket, this is what we're missing you, mate, because you, yeah. are, you have the Kucher <laughs> file on your top drawer, so you know exactly every infringement and infraction that Cooch has been involved with. A couple of <laughs> steam shovel is uh, your name. We'll bring that name back. Obviously, he's famous for not paying his caddy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, Cooch was up it there. It could be. It could be. And, and it's funny because Matt Kucher was write your own ticket odds at the start of the week, but one of the golf commentators had um, put a tweet up and uh, that he he that, that said before the tournament started, said word on the ground is Matt Kuch has been over there practicing cu- for a couple of weeks in, and is absolutely striping the ball. So I made a little note there about Matt, uh, which was good. He didn't win, but he did he did play pretty well. And the other one that um that but like we said before that, that played very well and actually came up pretty well in the data lake was Aaron Badley. I think Aaron Badley ranked number eleventh in the data lake at. 750 to 1, I think he was. So to finish at T7 is, um, yeah, that, great, to, great to see him playing the ball well. Just bring everyone up to speed on Bads. Where, what What is his actual standings on the PGA Tour? Is he, is he, is this last year, it's boom or bust this year, or is he, is he only got so many starts, or, you know, where is he in that? What, uh, you know, we talked about the category. That, you know, he's got so yeah, many. I've got a funny feeling he's playing on either a, he certainly doesn't have his card because I'm I'm sure that he lost it last year. But outside the top 125, but he would have probably fallen into a bracket where he can get into X amount of events that people want to bother travelling to. Um, and he also probably has I don't know whether he's utilised them yet or not, but like all time money list yeah. or 
previous winners, categories, and all these sorts of other things that he can sort of pull the rabbit out of the hat once and once and and then use that card. And but um, yeah, I, I would say that at the moment he's probably playing to get reshuffled yeah. and probably get back to somewhere where he can get into a few more events. I believe might have been Ewan Porter. Ports might have put a tweet out this week saying that um, Bads had sort of said that he feels like his best golf's ahead of him, which is at 41 and is, um, or nearly 42s, is, um, yeah, Did interesting. Do you know any read on what he's doing, like other than playing playing well? Has he been seeing anyone? You know, he's nah. a, I know he's a former client of, um, you know, he and Jamie Glacier are great mates, you know, going way back to yep. Croydon days. Um so we don't know if you're seeing any coaches or anything. We might need to put that in the no, research, think, research project. Yeah, I think a bit, it looks like a bit of everything's kind of improved. Probably the biggest thing that's improved for him in the last, uh, I will say, six, eight months has been the um, driving accuracy. Other than that, I mean, that's for his total strokes gain. His putting hasn't changed. His, his um, around the greens, his approach, his off the tee, none of it's really moved around too much. Even his distance is pretty a reasonable way below um, average, tour average, but his accuracy's um, swung right up where he was quite low, probably sitting 10% below tour average, and now he's probably nearly back to tour average. So that won't hurt. Um, but look, around the green and putting, that's that's him. You know, like he will he will um, slowly kill you with the flat stick. He's also the guy that it seems to, you know, I think he's the, the alternate event champion of champions he seems to always turn up if there's a wgc being played in texas and a alternate event being played in albuquerque he'll win albuquerque i don't know why how he does it but he tends to he tends to do that a bit he is a supreme strategist Uh, it's good i like i like that i like that uh well good luck to you for the rest of the year aaron badley um let's move on from the sony uh how sorry well let's not move on one one important thing we need to go through the sony yeah the teepster yeah, well, I, mean, it, I, was, we, I was trying to go go straight <laughs> past that. Well, I will try and do it each week. I will post each week the percentages of of um, who picked what uh, player-wise, um, but it's fair to say that of about 120 people playing, only 42 people earned a Brass Razu this week. Only 42 people picked a player of 120 that made the cut. So if you, you people either forgot to put their tip in or picked a loser like me. If you think that uh, because of the fact that we sit here, press record and talk about this stuff, uh, that gives us or gives me any idea of what I'm doing and you looked at what I picked and because uh, someone did say, oh, I'm going to wait for you to see what you pick, Ross. I said, this, <laughs> that's just stupidity. Uh, and you picked Keegan Bradley. Uh, did anyone pick Keegan Bradley other than me? Um, I, apolog- I apologize, but don't f- don't, follow what I, don't follow what I do. But the good no, thing is lo- I cannot pick and I will, you know, I <laughs> have no temptation for a Keegan Bradley moment ever again uh, this year. No, you're done now. Mm. No, no, I, think, I can't see anyone else that picked Keegan Bradley. Um, a lot of people picked Tom Tom Kim like I did, and we all got nothing. Um, and then a lot of people obviously picked Jordan Spieth, and they got nothing. So I think of the people that didn't put a pick in, picked Spieth or Tom Kim, the two favourites, we all got zero. Um, but one person who didn't get zero was Trent P. Trent P. Who did, who did Trent P pick? Trent Price, that is. Did he pick? Do you know, you he know pick, who he picked? Did he pick Siwoo Kim? He picked him. Yeah. He's the only person in the field to pick the winner. So he has $1.42 million after one round. 
That's a fairly handy start. It's a very, very good start. Second in our competition is a plethora of people who picked Corey Connors. Right. And they've only got 139th grand. <laughs> so, to be fair to say, you're, ten, uh, you're leading and you're 10 times ahead of second. You're doing well. That was Carl Groters, Kirky, Ed Hodge, and Rockets Greenside Rakes, who is um, a current ska punk band that's been started by PK up in New South Wales. Rockets Greenside Rakes. Um, just want to say a shout out to Ed Hodge, uh, Mr. International, back in Melbourne. Uh, Hodgie, um, looking great, and uh, I'll see you soon. But uh, thanks for continuing and playing, Ed Hodge. Uh, great young man, known him for a long time. Uh, had a hole in one at Mornington when he was about 12 when he moved out from England, and now he's an international man of mystery. Uh, but he's back in Melbourne, so welcome back, Ed. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So the, the tapes that continues on uh, this week. This week. The American, yep. the American Express. American Express. Um, the course you've bought, the courses. How many did you play out oh. there? At, um, did you play all of them? Oh, did, have I mentioned before that I've actually played at PJ West oh, at the stadium you, course? You might have oh, mentioned that really? last year. Yeah. Is, that, is the American Express at the stadium course? Or is it a, a blend of courses? It's a blend. blend. It's three courses this week, yeah. No, I just played the stadium course uh, okay. in 1987, um, November. Um, I can't remember the date, but I did hit a six iron to the Alcatraz to about an inch away from going in the week after Lee Trevino held out with a six iron from the back tees. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that once or 35 times uh, in the duration of 218 episodes. Uh, wonderful complex. Um, I can't remember the names. There was a Nicholas course, a Palmer course, and maybe someone else. But I don't know too much about it other than the uh, other than the uh, stadium course. Um, That's it, the Quinta. Um La Quinta, yeah. as, as it's properly pronounced. Yeah. Um, yeah, stadium course with two rounds and then the other two courses the other days. Uh, the cuts after three rounds. So everyone gets one crack at each course and then they play the – do the final cut and play the stadium course again for the final round. Um, so what are we expecting? We're expecting to see the fairways like green and then the, the rough as in browned I'll, off. I'll, I'll expect uh, yes, yeah, but not because the grass is green. <laughs> They'll be painting the grass. Absolutely, it's all dawn. It's the same. Yeah, because it's winter. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll uh, same as when Doc and I played uh, Beth Page Black a few years ago, twenty nineteen, and I walked off the course and picked up my white Nikes, and the soles were bright green. Mm. I didn't even paint. Didn't even realise the greens had been. Other uh, fairways had been painted. Um, yeah, so the, 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 it'll be looking very lush, but it won't be. Uh, it'll be quite dormant grass. Um, the, it's a it's a pro am. So pins will be in the middle of the greens, which will help scoring. So you'll see a lot of guys going low this week. Um, again, you want to be hitting the ball well into greens. I know everyone hears me say that every week, strokes gain approach, but it is very, very important this week again. Um, driving accuracy I'm I'm looking at. Um, and then I've kind of really zeroed in on a couple of key stats that I like. Now, number one of them is putting, right? So putting this week is ultra important. I think uh, – there's a John Rahm quote from a few years ago, which I'm not going to be able to say on the podcast, about uh, as he was walking off the green, someone caught his comment about what sort of co- putting contest this was. He used a little bit more profanity than that. Um, so it's a putting contest. So putting's key. And then I'm looking at this course, um, or these courses on average, um, the shots from about 150 to 175 yards and in are ultra important. So not only am I looking at the guys that do that well, but I'm also looking at the guys that make birdies or better from 150 to 175 approach. 
And then because I know they need to go low, I really want to look at birdie or better percentage. So um, guys that are just prone to to really going low. Normally, I'd probably try and add in something like um, bogey avoidance, but that's what we're going to work with. Um, yeah, I think when I posted these in the um, in the Discord channel, the first request that came back was, is this last week's data? Because it looks very similar. Because a lot of the similar data and a lot of similar players, and the person on top is the same bloke, and that's Tom Kim. So Tom Kim comes up red hot, lower than everybody else. KH Lee, John, uh, Tom Hoagie, John Rahm, Siwoo Kim, Tony Finau, Adam Hadwin, who is a specialist here. Uh, he's got a second, a third, a second, a sixth uh, in the last six, seven years. Matthew Naismith, Brian Harmon, Mark Homeless, Hubbard, Cameron Young, uh, Justin Lauer. The guys that I'm looking at are... Tom Kim's going to be my favourite this week again. My shekels will probably go to Tom Hoagie, the other Tom, we'll call him. Um, but I'll be keeping an eye on Sung J.M. and Tony Finau. And then if you want someone who's a bit further out, Brian Harmon's not, not really that further out, but a guy that I don't mind at each way odds who's stacking up reasonably well, or when I say each way odds, at massive odds, he's about 250 to 1. Is Justin Lauer. Um, no laying ups sponsored Justin Lauer. Um, he he actually ranks quite well across the board. His data. Um, he's only played here once. It was last year he missed the cut. But uh yeah, I, I don't I don't mind him because of all the people at the top of the top of this board, him and Bads are the guys that are at massive, massive odds that I'll probably just have a dollar dollar each way on. Willie Z, well, how does he shape up in the lake? He is in the data lake. The problem with Willie Z is he hasn't played this year because he's coming off injury. Mm. So he's only played once. Mm. So when it comes to Data Lake, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't come up that well because the stats aren't there yet. When I look at somebody who is um probably someone that you would look at for this course, yeah, he hundred percent. He finished sixth here last year. He finished eleventh at the tournament of champions. He's one one hundred percent would be sitting in the top tier of the picks, but he's also about the third or fourth favorite. And with Willie I get nervous with the putter. I get, always get nervous with the putter, but he tends to putt well here. What from from the data we've seen, but yeah, I think Willie would be Willie will be a very popular pick in the one and done. Wouldn't mm. surprise me at all. Well, I might sit on Willie for a little bit later. I might just I don't know who I'll that, go with, that, with the teepster. That's the thing, and and I had another listener, um, Conrad. So Connor's he picked Adam Scott this week, and he was talking to him during the week. He actually was playing down at Mornington, and um, he said I didn't realise. I can't pick him for the rest of the year. I said, well, that's what's called a one and done. That, that, that's in the name of the game. Um, and I thought, do you really need to pick Adam Scott again this year? But I, sh- I shouldn't have made fun of him because he made money this week and Tom Kim didn't. But, um, yeah, I said to him, as I said to the to everybody last year, if you want to do well, you need to sort of have a think about it. If you, if you really like John Rahm for the – what did you like for the Open Championship last year? You got to hold him for that. Uh, yes, exactly right. That's the whole part of the fun, the the chess pieces that you have to move around. So who, do we, who I'm not sure who I go with. Are we going to have, like announce it? It's like Tuesday. There's a couple of days to go. Like with you know, I, I could change my decision 18 times between now and then. It's a mixed field. There's a there's a couple of hot prospects in there, but a couple of you know. Okay, we can post it. We can post it on. Um we can post it on Twitter. Okay. So later in the week. We've got, in terms of Aussies, we've got Bads. Um, we've got um, Harrison Endicott. So has he played, this is his second event this year. Did he 
miscut at uh, Kapalua. Can't remember. Cam Davis, Peninsula Kings was very own Cam Davis. Uh, the greatest ever driver off the deck to six feet on a tuck pin on 17 North. Unbelievable. Uh, Danny Lee from New Zealand's playing. Uh, we can go with a top Scott pick this week. Uh, funnily enough, it's a 50-50 and I'll, you'd never guess who it's out of. Uh, Mike, who's, who's the 50? It has to be Russell Knox. Mm. And? Martin Laird. <laughs> Unbelievable. I honestly didn't have, don't have it in front of me, but they're, they're pretty much the same too every you time. You are a savant. You are a true savant, yes. <laughs> uh, the 50-50 top Scott is out of Martin Laird and Rusty Knox. Uh, based on based on form, I'm going to stick with Rusty Knox. Um, but in terms of one and done, not sure. I'll post that in the, uh, in the Discord. You've got to join the Discord. That's where you get all the first-hand information from Mike if you want to talk to him directly about... Um, picks and thoughts and whoever's uh clearly um he will respond uh, he's very good with his um discord management i'll start posting in there um maybe some comments i know we're not a betting show we're not a betting show but we are going to start betting we are going to start we have started our own little little betting syndicate between the four of us we don't no one no one get concerned we're not going to have to sell houses we're, we're starting with twenty dollars but i might put into the discord data lake channel just my thoughts on how I'm going to bet that week, just in case anyone actually cares. Okay. Did uh, did any did you win any money last week? No. Did Rocket win? Did- I did. Oh, um, okay. So the the picks last week, um, Seawoo Kim was was in the the five last week that I posted on Twitter, and he was fifty to one. And basically to give, and this is again not this is not a gambling show, but just to, to give the rationale of what we, and it's what we talked about before we recorded last week. Um, Tom Kim was the favorite. So for me, if I'm going to bet on the favorite, I don't really bet on anybody else. That's my one bet. And that was what I did. But I said, if you don't want to do that, you should be spreading your money across these three players. And it was two other, two guys and Siwoo and Siwoo's 50 to one. And so I said to everybody, it's either option A or option B, take your pick. And then at the end of round three, I said to everyone that took option A, I said, look, I took option A, but Siwoo is still right in this and he's, te- he's still paying $10 going into the last round. So you should have something on him and just see how you go. Um, and either you're going to lose a little bit more or you might win everything back. And, and that's what we did. So we won, uh, we got our money back and then some on Siwoo in the final round, which was great. Um, but yeah, Rocket, I think, um, either picked up that or or picked up something in the lake and because he was ranked, I think, fourth in the data lake, Siwoo. And uh, yeah, Rocket had him at fifties, which is very, very lucky for Rocket. And I had a few other listeners that that, um, that sent me messages on Twitter that did the same, which is good. So a couple of people went Pool B. Well, you went Pool A, pool but, but but some people went Pool B. Yep. Okay, that's well, correct. Well done, well done to them. Uh, what else has happened? Uh, we had the Hero Cup. Didn't watch too much of the Hero Cup. Hero Cup was the uh, GBNI versus Europe. I think it was like uh, 14 and a half to 12 and a half. Uh, our boy Adrian Moronk sunk the putt to clinch the point that won it for um, Europe. All in all, I think from what I read, it was a fairly positive event. You know, if it was a sounding sort of trial sort of match for the Ryder Cup preparations this year in disguise of a of a sort of big event in um in the Middle East. Maybe that's what it was. But uh Tommy Fleetwood had a crack at being captain and um Molinari, his um roomie from uh France and whatever um was the other captain and Molinari's team won. Didn't watch yep. it too much. Um once again I, I watched it and I couldn't help but think and of course it's not gonna happen. But I just think when there's no one there watching it and there was no one there watching it well, at least at the presentation, the last sort of few holes that when I watched on Sunday night, yeah, maybe the back nine, there wasn't that many people there. I'm thinking, 
Imagine if this was down at Peninsula Kingswood, funnily enough, or yeah, <laughs> somewhere else in the Melbourne Sandbelt. Just low-key, not too many stands. There'd be people everywhere, people watching it. It'd be a big event. Um, maybe Dr. Uh, Doctor Hero needs to throw some money into into bringing some of his events to um, to Melbourne. Yeah, it was, it's not uh, too far away. So um, anyway, I just couldn't think help stop thinking of, imagine imagine if we had another event, you know, back-to-back after the Australian Open, going to an event like, like that. Anyway. I think that's a thing. It, it needs to literally be back-to-back. It would need to be the week after to keep those guys around. No, it, I was saying that. It wouldn't do two trips. Yeah. Um, we're going to start talking about the Australian Open timing and all that sort of thing, so let's move on from that. Uh, but anyway, I think I think it was a good test for the uh, European yeah. team, and there's some great golfers in there. Like if you look at the both lineups, some good good um, lineups. Talking of co- top Scots, you know, one of the players that did perform really well, I think he won – three out of his four points was uh, Bobby Mack. So Bobby Mack seemed to have a little bit of form, which I was happy about. And, uh, you know, he didn't talk himself up too much. He said he was here for the team. He wanted to get the team job done. But being in the team and part of a team and being around that environment, he really liked. So good luck to you, Bobby Mack. I hope to see you in the Ryder Cup team this year. Um, Yeah, are we going to the Ryder Cup? Is that happening yet? Is that confirmed? It depends. Have you got any tickets for me for Saturday or Sunday? Okay. Well, I can work if on you that. can organise those, well, we'll, we'll go. Okay. I promise. Um, if, uh, it should be no, it should be easy to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, where will we stay? In a hotel. Oh, okay. It's Italy. There'll, have, there'll be hotels every. Have a pensione. Have you got family over there? <laughs> Not in Rome. Oh. Okay. No. All right. Well, um, we'll work on the tickets then. What else? Uh, live PGA lawsuit. Now you've got some. You've been doing following the scuttlebutt on that. Yes, it's. it's I think it's been. It's reared up again. Obviously, live season isn't here yet. It's not too far no. away. But that's what I'm thinking about the Abu Dhabi um, HSBC. Is yeah, this yeah. the one? Is this the one where the players have had to get the releases for this event? No, that's the that's Saudi. A, that's the Saudi. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. that's where Herbie's going to play. I'm getting my Abu Dhabis and my Saudis mixed up. Um, <laughs> You're not the first. Yep. It probably came to a head this week with um. It's all sitting in the courts at the moment, and they're doing. They're basically looking to do discovery on the back end of each other's case, is the, in the non-legal speak, which is where I live, non-legal world. And effectively, Liv is saying, "Well, no, no, no. We we would never. We can't share with you how the PIF works, and you know anything to do with the Saudi government. Like we would go to jail if we shared that with you." And they're like, "Well, PJ Tour is saying, well." This is what the case is about, so you have to. Um, from what I understand, the, the judges sort of put it to one side and said you've got three days to basically tell us whether you can or you can't. I think it's Wednesday, so probably Thursday or Friday our time we'll see the, the result um, of whether the, the the live team is going to have to share a lot more information than they're willing to share. I think if that's the case, my gut says they'll probably just drop the suit altogether. Because, so, yeah. so this is live v PGA Tour. Yeah, so Liv, Liv suing PJ Tour and PJ Tour suing Liv. So they're both having a crack at each other. And as a part of that, they're basically saying we need to share how this works, how, where the PIF money comes from and, you know, things like the players' contracts and who's getting paid what and where does the money come from and how does it tie in with people here and money that's gone into, I think it's something to do with even with the, um, Trump's son got some money from that the, the the, the um, public investment fund and then how does that work and things like that are probably going to be asked and and sort of need to be sort of understood as a part of the cases and so effectively quite rightly well not quite rightly but as you can understand um the live team is not quite comfortable with the idea of sharing that so yeah that that's where it's kind of stuck at the moment because they're saying well we can't do that because legally we can't from 
you know, a Saudi perspective, and they're saying, well, courts in LA or wherever it is, courts in California, that's not relevant. It's going to be interesting. I'm probably, the whole case was asked to be expedited, and these are some of the things that are going to come up quickly. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun because we're, you know, what are we? We're we're only three weeks, max four weeks away from seeing the the Netflix show, which is going to give us even more background. So it's going to be a, a fun, uh, fun little little stint for us, that people that really want to get an understanding of what what kind of happening in the background. Uh, it's nice to see the excitement bubbling away for um, what's it? What's this Netflix thing's going to be called? Four Four Left or something? Like the the Long Drive or something like that? Or what's it going to be called? It's going to be called, is it Full Swing? Full Swing. Uh, that's which is, to me, which, full, sorry, go on. Well, people were a bit like, that's not great. But then I think it was Maddie Mollica who pointed out that Full Swing being um, something to do with the way that the, the I, I believe it was something to do with the the way that the full, um, yeah, there's a few ways to read it. I'm not going to say what one of them is. But I'm going to say um, the... The the full swing is also the name of Tiger's um, launch monitor, isn't it? Yep. Well, that company that makes that is Full Swing Golf. Um, yeah. And Full Swing, Full Swing Golf make simulators. I am yeah. the owner of uh, Full Full Swing Golf simulators, and uh, and they also make the Full Swing kit, which is a yep. launch monitor which has been made for Tiger by Tiger with Tiger. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think Matt was, I think Matt was saying that it was a full swing. I'm, belie- I'm believing him was meaning that it was to do with the way the calendar works, the full full calendar, because they're cutting the calendar down to a shorter swing. I guess it's not going to have that full all year round swing. But I just thought of, <laughs> I was just thinking about. I'm thinking, oh, that's something to do with people having parts cut off with a full swing as well. I don't know what that's um. But Full Swing is the provider of, you know, that, this thing that Rory and Tiger are doing. Yeah. That, that's all going to be on Full Swing simulators. So mm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's like, uh, was that next year? Was it this year? Yeah, no, well, I'm not sure if it's next year or this yeah. year, but yeah, it's coming. That's part of the uh, Rory uh, Tiger Media, what's it called? T-W-T-R-M-W? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, It's going to be like Monday Night Football with indoor simulator. Stuff, yeah. Just basically stuff that you and I pioneered last year, the year before, Mike. Oh, we've got to do that again. I've got to find a course, get people to watch me shank golf balls in a simulator. Big we, swing golf. We've got to find, we've got to do an, I think that sawgrass sort of episode where we did the three holes and sort of had a bit yeah. of a theme behind it was probably the way to go rather than the old course episode. Well, sawgrass, well, I don't think anyone saw um, the thing I won. No one, no, no one saw the well. Basically, no one saw the old course one, which we did because um, it was two. You, hour, it was two hours went, to play. You went to the. You went to the yeah, old I, course instead. I went there and did live. Um, no, uh, it it was a two hour round, and it would have been a twenty two hour edit. So um, yeah. Well, the just, players' championships coming up in, you know, eight weeks. So in the next eight weeks, we could do another players' championship. See if we can beat our score. Just got to turn off the putting. Uh, does anyone in Melbourne want to come and join us and do that and play a few holes? If you do want to come down to uh, Big Swing Golf, uh, one of the venues that we do it at, and film, if you want to participate um, and you're in Melbourne, you're more than welcome to. Um, l- let us know. Uh, Ian Poulter's has thrown the toys out of the uh, the cot, mate. Is that is that right? Uh, yeah, he wasn't um, 
well, he indirectly threw them out, but pretended he had nothing to do with them being thrown. Uh, he, he tweeted uh, the European tour with a little bit of disappointment that Sergio hadn't been wished a happy birthday from the European tour. But it just happened that it was also Pulitzer's birthday, I think, the same day. So it might have been a bit miffed that he didn't cop a, a happy birthday as well. But it was a very, very, very good um, article today from Shotgun Start guys who literally <laughs> went through and detailed every Live player that has had their birthday wished to them from Live since Live started. And they went through all the players that had and all the players that hadn't and then all the players that hadn't because they hadn't had a birthday since they first played and they listed them all out and then had a blurb on each of them. So Jed Morgan, Mark Leishman, no birthday wishes as an example of two people that have missed out that probably should have been wished one. So Outrageous behaviour. <laughs> that was pretty weird. Outrageous. Um, imagine having the ability to sit down and write an article and go through that yeah. and get paid to do that. Um, I just, yeah, it, it would be fantastic. But I'm much more shocked that the, the biggest story coming out of Live at the moment is outside of the legal stuff, which is not really coming out of their camp, is Pult being upset about not being wished a birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we have um, the LPGA Tournament of Champions this week, played at uh, Lake Nonna. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, big. it's a big one this week. I, I saw a few... Um, a few people that I follow from the my fellow golf gambling uh, brethren tweeting, um, they put up some funny old odds um, on um, your your favourite. I'll say no. I'll say she might be no. She, your she, I'll call her your second favourite international female golfer. Let's see if you guess who number one and number two are. Who's number one? Hmm. Interesting. Number one. I know who. No, I think I know who number one would be. I think she's no, she's definitely not Australian. Yep. So, who's my number one? What country is she from? And what? <laughs> what country is she from? Well, you tell me, mate. What What would be the one, the one uh, that you would normally go to as your favourite country? Scotland. Yeah. So, who would be? Oh, I would say use your favourite. Um, your favourite. Um. Uh, Nordstrom. No, that wasn't what North I was. No, sorry, Nordquist. She's no. not Scottish. She's married to a no. Scotsman. No, I, I had the young uh, the young girl who'd, I'll give you a clue, a young girl turned pro not long ago, Scottish background. I'm pretty, I think she's Scottish. Karis Davison. No. Oh, this is, this is taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm a bit doughy. Um, Karis Davison is Scottish, not she's she's Australian, represents Australia, but she's actually Scottish. Um, quite a few golfers. Oh, quite a few golfers that are um, Scottish Australian. There's another one um, from the West as well. No, she um, played and she played in um, the what was that special women's event we had here, Royal Melbourne and um, Sandy. Athena. The, the Athena. The Athena. Yeah. yeah, she played in the Athena. Any Scots playing that? Karis Davison. <laughs> no, that's not who I'm thinking of. I must be thinking of someone else. Um, anyway, and who won the Australian Open? Ashley Buhai. 
Ashley Buhai. So Ashley Buhai is who I had your number two. So Ashley Buhai came up and someone had put the odds up and they'd mucked up the odds and she was 150 to one for this week. Oh, <laughs> A few yeah. people better. jumped on. <laughs> jumped on very quickly because they were like, oh, she won the Open and the Australian Open just the other day and you guys have probably mucked this up. She's had a good break. Um, she's She's been home in South Africa uh, and she's first time she's been home in a long time. So she took both her Open Championship and the Australian Open Championship trophies home. Yeah. Um, so... Interesting to see what her form will be like, but uh, I'm not too sure on the form of any of the uh, women playing down at Lake Nona. Grace Kim has Grace Kim's got a start, has she not? Nah, no? it's just it's it's really the the, oh, the, the top band, yeah. yeah. So Nelly Corder, Brooke Henderson, Danielle Kang, Leona Maguire, Nasa Hatakoa, Hatakoa, I think it is, Celine Butier, Charlie Hull, Marja Stark, Yuka Sasso, Andrea Lee, Jody Ewart Shadoff. I'm going to get stuck here. Ayaka Fury, Furu, uh, Gabby Lopez, Lizette Salas, Ali Ewing, Gemma Dryberg, Anna Norquist, Matilda Creston, Jennifer Cupcho, I'm nearly there. Uh, Moira Jutanagan, Paula Rito, Ryan O'Toole, Aria Jutanagan, Ashley Buhai, Marina Alex. Oh, this one. The last two of the last three are tr- trouble. Uh, Pajari and Anna Khan, Wailing Sue, Nana Kurtz Madsden, and Patty Tavatanikit. I got most of those right. Is it Ross? That's a solid 80%. I, did, I didn't pull you up and correct you. I just let you go. Um, I still can't work out who you were trying to say that was my favorite. Gemma, Di- Gemma Dibra is a Scott, so she she's um, playing there. No, no. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm clearly mucked this up. I'm going to go and look it back. I'm going to go figure it out. Who, who are you talking about that played at the Athena that's Scottish? There's no one. Karis Davison, the only one. She might not be. She mustn't be Scottish. I must be going mad. Oh, you're thinking of, um, she's just turned pro from from Perth. She's English. Kirsten Rudgley. Yeah, she's English. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, sorry. English. Great golfer. Well, you'd probably steal her if she becomes a superstar. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um <laughs> But I haven't played with her. We did. I did spend some time on the range with the full swing kit with her. So if she goes on a win, I'm going to sort of take a sort of snippet of a claim to that. Yep. Um, okay. Who are you going to tip for uh, the uh, Tournament of Champions? Um, oh, it's hard not to go past the favourites. I actually, I actually don't mind the idea of Ashley Buhai going quite well. I I can't believe Paddy Tanikit is like the rank outsider. Um. No, I don't know. Maybe I'll go Yuka Sasso just okay. for a out of nowhere. Uh, interesting thing caught my attention with um, uh, Nelly Corder this week, Sw- mm. switching to Nike. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome my, to my, Team my, Team Jordan. Mike, Mike is an unofficial uh, Nike ambassador. That's it. Like he's, yeah. he's the highest paying Nike customer. <laughs> in North it's me. It's me. Pat Perez, uh, Harold Varner, and Nelly. Exactly. You're part of the team. Um, and Keegan. But, but I thought uh, that um, Jay Lindeberg were building a brand around it. Like it was only in November mm. last year that they released a, a um, Nelly Quarter range and then, you know, start this year with bang, going to Nike. I feel like she's been using – I mean, last time I saw her when she played in the, the, the Pairs event a few months ago, the father-son, father-son, but it was obviously father-daughter. Um, she was wearing the Chicago um, low-cut Jordan 1 golf shoes then, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, but I think she was still wearing, I don't think Lindbergh. The did. rest of her kit, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, but I just I just remember because, you know, we've been shown the uh, the uh, Nelly range and then <laughs> now we're going to have to have to see the uh, Nelly Nike range. So did you, did you guys stock that range? Uh, well, we, ha- we won't have it yet because it was only just announced, but I'm, so I'm not sure I need to follow up what's happening if, um, if that's uh, going to come or what. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, we do stock Joe Lindeberg and we do also stock Nike women's as well. Um, both, yep. both very popular uh, outfits for the, uh, for the women. And also men, you can get a great range of uh, Joe Lindeberg and, um, hmm. and Nike. Uh, okay, Mike, well, that's – so who would you pick to um, have a tanny cat? No, I went Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, sorry. Um, what else did we have on there to talk about? We had the Abu Dhabi. What are we going to? Who are we going to choose there? Uh, oh God, I don't know. I mean, I'll go Minwoo. Why not? Stick with him. Okay. Sticking with Minwoo. Yep. Why not? He's a pretty good golfer. He's going right. Um, he, he's he's. He's primed. I mean, that's a that, that's an all star field. Hatton, Fleetwood, Lowry, Noren, Peters, Reed, uh, uh, McIntyre, James Power, Jordan Smith, your your boy Ryan Fox, Rasmus Hoygaard, Moronk, Rosner. This is a star studded field. Oh, day um, day one. If you go through the playing in three balls, uh, the day one three ball field. <laughs> it's strong all the way through. I just uh, someone just put up a tweet about half an hour ago. They put up the, the they put up the draw, and then they said, "What are the odds?" And then they circled all the players that come from Live, and they're all sitting on the right hand side of the draw that isn't being televised. <laughs> it's funny, unbelievable. Well, it's not totally believable, but um, well, at the end of the day, it's a marketing vehicle. Yeah, right. So, if I'm going to try and market my players, I want them to be my players. Yep. These guys are going to be here, but they're also getting paid to play somewhere else. So why am I doing the somewhere else and a favour of putting those guys on TV? Let them earn their way into the top of the leaderboard and then they'll be on TV. Okay, I'm going to choose Shane Lowry. Shane. He's not one, da- one and done, so I can go with Shane uh, a couple of times. Um, Shane this week was voted by his peers as the person they'd most like to have a beer with on the European tour. Oh, and right. Shane said... When they asked him, he said, look, a lot of people will say me, but they'd be wrong. But then every single person picked Shane Lowry. I don't know Shane Lowry. I, I actually know some, I do know someone who knows him quite well. But um, I, you don't have to watch too much of Shane Lowry. There's a great thing on TV that the European tour did about Shane's story, and they go into his town in um, uh, a valley where he lives, where he grew up, talk to his mum, talk to his – I think they talk to his grandma as well. And, uh, you know, he goes to the pub and he goes to the GA pitches. If you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, go and search it out because um, it's the Open Champions. So they tell the story about the Open Champions. And it was, it's really good. If you want to fall in love with Shane Larry, go and watch that because it's salt of the earth, you know, Irish junior golfer comes good from a pretty just normal upbringing in, in the country of countryside of Ireland. Uh, it's really good stuff. Um, so I'm going to pick Shane Larry. Uh, okay, we've done the Amex, we've done the data late, we've talked about the LPGA, we've talked about Abu Dhabi. Um, what have we got there? We've got, um, who have we got there? We've got my man in there. Sorry, I'm just going back. I'm looking at this through this field of um, Abu Dhabi. Qu- quite a few Scots in there. While you're looking, before I forget, I'm playing in the um, 
the Mandalay Open Am this mm. Sunday. Okay. And I believe Ticket, tickets available. Tickets are tickets are available. Uh, each player will be rewarded with a golf ball after they find it. Ob. Um, the winner of our um, the tickets out to the Cathedral Invitational, Brian King, mm-hmm. I believe his young bloke might be playing. Oh, Mitch- Mitchell. So Mitchell very, King. Yep. Very good. So, yeah. Get a photo. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how much he beats me by. It'll be a lot. Are you playing with him or? Just his no, his no, no. I just looked at the entry list today, and I saw a king at the top. Um, be willing to bet it's probably him. Oh, I did big, and note. I think he plays out of Mandalay. So yes, I did big note myself that I'm playing in the pro am. Um, you've got on the list here a new equipment plug. Yeah, well, I can't. What, uh, what new equipment have you got? Well, I haven't got it yet, but I will be getting it. Ooh, what is it? Now, and you also have on the list here uh, the TPS Victoria. So the the player series starts um, starts at Vic. Uh, it doesn't start at Vic. It starts in Victoria, and it starts at Rosebud. Not this week, but next weekend, twenty um, sixth. Played at Rosebud on the weekend, and um, it's a great course in great condition. Greens are really good. Played the North Course. I'm pretty sure they play most of it on the North Course. Thirty six holes at Rosebud. Um, hadn't played there for a wee while. Brought dredged up a few. You know, saw memories of lost the pennant final there and uh, a few other things, but um, but been good all in all, great course in good condition. Uh, get down there and watch it. But the reason for me talking about that is because it was the day after I just had a fitting for a new Callaway paradigm. Uh, uh-huh. Callaway invited us, to, a couple of us, to go to Callaway and do a fitting out there with um, uh, Mark Wong and um, Wongy. He's he um. He uh, fitted me. Yeah. And did he I, talk about it? Did he talk about me? Yeah, he did. Yeah, From like he five said, years ago. He said, How is Magic Mike? I Does follow he? the Dada Lake. <laughs> I'm I just come here for fun because I've won that much on his tips. Um <laughs> this is just a play thing for me now. No, he it would be very <laughs> very memorable fitting, I'm sure. <laughs> Does he ever hit the face club the face of that club <laughs> yes, no. yes, Exactly. <laughs> I've never I've never built a club so upright. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, sorry, I'm, I was going on. Uh, but part of the process is, which I always implore anyone to do, is to take your gaming driver in, one that you've played with. Now I've got probably a couple of drivers that I've played with, and but the one that I have played the most of in season 22 was the Rogue Max uh, LS, um, which I loved, and I had a couple of drivers, and that one ended up in the bag at the end of the year. Uh, took that along hit the Paradigm, hit the Paradigm Triple Diamond and gained about 15 metres of distance. Wow. Exactly. That's that's not an insignificant gain. Like gain no. Like four miles of ball speed and uh, reduced all the factors that you want. You know, launch was still high, reduced the spin, but just gained 15 metres of overall distance, carry. Um, it was quite I – was, I was shocked. Mm. Um, obviously, I hadn't hit – the triple diamond and comparatively I'd had it on course and I knew that it was coming out like a bullet, you know, and like I hit it maybe six times on course when I was making the drummer golf YouTube video, which I'd love everyone to go and subscribe and check out. But, um, yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, my fit is a little shorter, a little shorter than standard. So, you know, we see a lot of people getting the standard length drivers, uh, long, my mine's a little shorter, a little bit more control, uh, nine degrees of loft, 
75-gram uh, X-Flex Tensai White, which is up 10 grams on the Tensai White 65 that's in my current driver. So that will be interesting, but at least I've got there to swap around. I'm not that I'm thinking of already swapping around, but put that in there and it just went. And it there's a lot of positive press around that club at the moment. And uh, for me, it was like confirmed why. Um, mm. So it was good. I haven't spent a lot of time with Stealth 2. I have hit that. Did get similar ball speed numbers out of it. Once again, that's on the Drum and Golf uh, thing. Well, YouTube, you can see it there. Got like 162 miles an hour ball speed, you know, two sort of 79, 80 metres. So not too dissimilar in distance, um, but haven't spent any time with it in a course or being professionally fitted by someone else other than myself. Um, so we might do that later on. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, that's the new equipment plug that you've put on the run sheet. So I'm giving it a plug. Looks like I'm getting a new driver, Triple Diamond Paradigm. Uh, they'll be available in February. Mm. Free advertising right there. There should be drivers for everyone except for Rocket. Rocket needs to get some tailor-made drivers. Uh, well, talking about free stuff, um, don't forget that if you are part of the Teepster program between now and the end of uh, January, at the end of January, we'll be looking at everyone who's in there and has actively participated. So if yep. you're one of the 45% that have joined and didn't tip last week, it's not too late. You can tip. As mm -hmm. long as your intention is to tip, um, you go in the draw to win the Titleist uh, Players 4 Standbag, the black yeah. and white version, the most popular Titleist uh, Standbag in the history of Titleist Standbags. Uh, we're going to give ours away. And, uh, and so it's, a, it's the easiest. If you know anybody that plays golf, anybody, just tell them. Sign up. Put in a pick this week. They're in. That's it. That's all they got to do. Yeah. It's um it, it's it's the easiest raffle you're going to enter and it's free. And then if they happen to do well on the tips, cool. They're going to keep tipping every week. Good, good luck to them. They'll, they'll be, we'll figure out some prizes for the end of the year and everything else. But this is just the first part. I think this year's going to be the year of the prize. The year of the <laughs> prizes everywhere. I've got some jigs I've got some jigsaws there. I'll be giving away some jigsaws in a couple of weeks. We'll have another episode coming out this week. So we're going to be running two episodes a week. Uh, done a few interviews backed up. So we've got another interview coming out. Last week we had one with um, Linda Harto. Now Linda Harto is one of the greatest golf painters in the world. If you want to, if you love golf holes, she's seen them all and she sat down there and observed them for a week and painted them all, taken photos of them all. She's got some great stories. I chatted with Linda who was just sort of someone that came by randomly. I thought, well, let's have a chat. And uh, it was just two creative types sort of chatting away together. Um, so check out that episode, but we will have some extra episodes. I've got some jigsaws to give away soon, but more about that when I do the episode. Oh, I, know, I, know who, I know who this is going to be. Related to the jigsaws, yes. Because I've got, I've got one of those jigsaws as well. I th I've, got two, I've got two jigsaws. I thought maybe we could turn this into a bit of fun. Like, you know, whoever gets the jigsaws gets another prize. They'll put another prize out if you do the quickest to complete the jigsaw. So there'll be two jigsaws given away. You'll beat me. I'm terrible. I've got I've got one of the jigsaws. I'm pretty sure that you're talking about. Well, you're excluded from the jigsaw prize winning, but yeah, we might. I'll do start that. it now. <laughs> and win another jigsaw. <laughs> it might be the same picture. Oh, sorry. It probably is. Uh, Mike, thanks very much for uh, joining us. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening to us and the support, the feedback, the likes, the shares. That stuff is really important and does help get this podcast in the ears of more people, so we can give away more bags and other stuff that we'll be giving away so people can give us stuff to give away uh really do appreciate it and more good stuff coming mike have you got another game of golf lined up this weekend you're the most regular yeah sunday. sunday sunday yeah sunday mandalay Man i will Man update you yep i think i'm on the order of entry i'll probably sit about 60th of 80 
So my target is to finish above 60. Okay. So 60 for uh, It's stroke. Yep. It's stroke, yeah. yeah. So fairways and greens, mate. Fairways and greens. Yeah. You didn't, oh, well, you, didn't get, you didn't get offended when we, we sort of had a whack at your putting style last week and then a few no. a few few pictures went out of the size no. of the actual real size. No, the putting's not, putting doesn't stress me at all. That's The putting putter works. Doesn't, it doesn't look like that. I reckon that bloke that, that PK sent that video, I don't think that's a, a legal putting stance. No, it is Potter's you're putting. Not, Potter's putting. You can't, as long as you're not straddling the line. I thought he looked like he was straddling the line. Yeah, it might have been a camera angle, but let's say, yeah. let's give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't straddling the line. Okay. I tell you what, talking about Pennant and Rosebud, I'm not sure if it was Rosebud, but it was definitely Pennant. We used to play against the chap from one of those courses down there, and he would side saddle putt, like genuinely like what that picture mm. was, and he'd roll, he would roll them in from everywhere. It was so frustrating. <laughs> he was like, "No, this is not being ageist. I'm an old fella now." He was, a, he was an older player, and he was yep. elite, and he side saddle putted, and he rolled them in from everywhere. Um, Potter's putting. That's what you should check out. You should go the full hog. Go the full hog. No, no, no. I'm comfortable where I am. I'm actually been doing more closed stance and yeah. Okay. It's not hurting, but putting's still working. That's fine. Oh, but did I mention I had 75 at Rosebud? Uh, you did to me, okay. but not on there. No. Oh, really? No. Um, yeah. It's okay. a shame you did now, though. No, 75 at Rosebud. Two double bogeys on the back nine. That's what killed me. But, uh, yeah, maintained the rage and uh, finished off and just just, just, no. turned, just turned up 38 points. <laughs> I, I backed up my 77 at Ocean Dunes with about 177 at Sandringham on the weekend. So. Oh, <laughs> am I, I going to have to stop? I recommend so many people to Sandringham. Sorry, we've gone off track. We're closing it up there at one, one minute and eight, and it's open to back up. Sandringham. Uh, no, no, no. It's, I would still recommend it. If, you, if you're in Melbourne and you're going to need to play somewhere that's local enough, um, yeah, that, that's the one you go to. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they, we, they just – they must have caught or scarified the greens in the last couple of weeks, so they were a little bit um, coming, coming back. And the bunkers had no rakes, so they were sort of just playing preferred lies. Other than that, the rest of the course was fine. Just it just wasn't my day, which is you know, not many are my days anymore. But that's okay. Uh, now, and just for a bit of housekeeping for you, Mike, you talking about Sandringham, you did lose the head at one point where your ball landed in a pile of logs piled up against a uh, tree. Yes. I did send that out uh, to the golf rules questions, man. If you want to know more about the golf rules, I had a few people playing with that Rosebud that didn't really know all of the rules of golf. They should be listening to the golf rules questions podcast and their YouTube channel. Blakey has come back and said, is the whole area piled for removal? I've replied yes. And I'm pretty sure that the response will be if the whole area is piled for removal and you get relief, free relief. But I don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, but just, but it's been stacked there for Along long enough that there's grass growing through it. They've not removed anything in it. They've they've stacked it up so that it's right out of the way up against the tree. I don't think they're moving it. I don't do you, know. Do you know how quickly the grass grows at the moment with a bit of rain, a bit of heat? Yeah. I don't know. I'll put this I'll put the photo on Twitter and everyone can see where my ball was. And I didn't I didn't take free relief. I, I took a penalty. Well, we'll put that on Twitter and get everyone to comment. Do you think this will be free relief? The tree is still attached to the ground, correct? But they've yep. cut it up and it's logs and bark. They've and cut trees from nearby and stacked it up stacked against it up. and around the base of the tree. Would that be free relief or is it a unplayable, therefore incurring a one-shot penalty um, where you can take uh, club leg side of point relief or you can go back on line of play? Um, now, can you go back on line of play or just to the side? Oh, there you go, Blakey. You need to help us out. Um, thanks, Mike. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. Mm-hmm.